Welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast, where we talk about all things sustainable fat loss. We take people on 90-day journeys to creating fat loss forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast. I'm your host, Alex Harriman. This is my co-host, Jerrica Rydell, and we are the, co- the coaches of Breaking 90 Fitness. How's it going, Jerrica? Hey, good, good. How are you? Good. Uh, what's, uh, what's going on in your world today? So I got on the hype and I bought, I have to tell you this, I bought one of those gallon water bottles. Okay. With like, even... with like all the different markers of the times you're supposed to drink at? Absolutely. Oh boy. And, <laughs> and it's been the best purchase of my life <laughs> to date, I would say. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. And just because like, I'm not drinking till 9pm. And I think that's the last time on there. So for those of you who have never seen one, basically, it's a massive water bottle, like way bigger than my head. And it starts at seven, six or 7am. And then it has little increments down the whole water bottle to 9pm to tell you where you should be if you want to drink a gallon of water. And beside it has all these little like you did it keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And I can successfully say I've drank a gallon of water every single day since purchasing it. So are you actually sticking to the timelines for the most part? Like at like say noon, you'll look at it and be like, Oh, I'm behind by a little bit. And And then I just chug. I see that. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the whole purpose of it. I mean, we've talked about water tricks with with people a lot in the past. And if if that gets you through, I know, I know a couple of people that have them, they just seem a little bit hoaxy to me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, like, I won't just carry it everywhere with me because it's so big. But when I go to like, I put it on the counter at work. And between clients, I just it's and and has a straw, I highly suggest having a straw. It, it definitely makes it easier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this it happened, and it's also very great. And I thought you should know. So now your water bottle is a motivational uh, coach. <laughs> Love it. That's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> and then I get a gallon of water a day, and it and it feels easy, like really easy. What does a gallon translate to? It's like four. Three point eight. Three point eight liters. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Nice. Cool, eh? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll be sending you one in the mail. Perfect. I can't wait <laughs> for another water bottle. It's like the one thing that I have way too many of. Yeah, same. That's okay. All right. What, what do you got for us today? What's our topic? Uh, today, I want to talk about rest, um, the importance of rest in many different, I guess, contexts. We can really kind of branch on this one. Okay. Um, first question kind of would be, let's talk about the importance of rest um, during the week. I know we get a lot of questions like, you only have me programmed for four days or five days this week. Um, I'm feeling really good today. It's a rest day. I don't want to, I don't want to rest. Like what, why do you have me resting? Mm. Uh, that's a big question we've been getting lately. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, and I think, I think the thing that's really interesting about this is like, is people jump into a program similar to ours or, or something new, a new diet, a new exercise program. And they always want to come out of the gate hot, right? Like, yeah. like they want, it's that all or nothing mentality that we talk about, but they, they're like, okay, Monday morning, my program starts, I want to come out firing, I'm going to work out every day, and I'm going to eat clean every single day. So it's, it's that it's that mentality we talk about a lot. Um, 
but I think it's really important to look at where somebody's come from, right? Like if you're doing nothing coming into this program, then, yes. then maybe five days is even going to be overwhelming. I think it would be definitely. And if you're someone who's already doing another program, maybe five, six days a week, then, then we'd have to obviously gauge that differently because that's what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah. One of the terms I'll use with people a lot is what are you ready, willing, and able to do? And and I I think it's important to look at all three because um, maybe, maybe you're willing to exercise five days a week, but you're not able to right now because it's going to crush you at first. If you've been doing zero and now all of a sudden you want to introduce five days of strength training, like good luck walking for the next month. (laughs) the biggest the biggest thing you'll notice right it's injury recovery that's not going to happen um so so i guess like what would you kind of suggest then for somebody who's just brand new starting out to a new program like what's what's a good spot to start in that sense well we we always talk about our 20 minutes of purposeful movement first right we need to be able to get in ready willing and able to get in some type of movement and Mm -hmm. and so we would i would first start with just any type of movement Mm. um but having a program what we always talk about the the benefits of having a program and progressive overload and 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 looking to gain strength um for someone who's done nothing three days a week is is probably all you would be needing in my opinion to start with Mm -hmm. Um, it gives you ample time to recover ready to attack the next workout um, and it doesn't it may not feel overwhelming yeah yeah and honestly like when when my life gets really busy like three days a week feels good to me yeah um definitely a lot of people that that are i think i think this is a a, i don't want to say a problem because it's not a problem but i think this is something that people fall into the trap of early on in their exercise life so if we say like if we say within like the first five years of somebody being really committed to exercise they they start to really quickly fall into that trap where they think that something like three days a week of exercise isn't acceptable and and i mean i'm walking every day on top of that but like three days of of pretty intense workouts is like still more than enough to to make progress and and work towards your goals depending on what those are right oh oh, definitely and then you can look at on the other spectrum if you have someone coming in who's already exercising five, six days a week and they're saying, or, and they maybe want to do more. Right. And they're saying, well, why, like, why do I have to take those rest days and similar fashion for recovery, right. For being able to, to wake up and exercise the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more so those rest days can be a mental, a mental recovery day as well. Um, Cause it's, it's for the ones that are, are pushing five, six days a week, it's mentally challenged to, to actually have to, push your body that way as well so you can actually take a recovery day day to to refresh and recoup and and not hate your workouts something to look forward to i'd say a really important thing to ask yourself too if you are if you are wondering why you aren't doing more is do you want to do more to see faster results or do you want to do more because you just love it and you enjoy it and you want to be exercising every day because those are two very different things i think that's like the best question i think it's the biggest message right there mm-hmm. for sure yeah if, if your answer is that you're trying to see faster results you're not doing yourself justice in my not opinion i think if you're trying to see faster results 
I don't even think workouts is where you should be turning to. Yeah. At all. Usually when somebody starts putting that together, okay, if I exercise more, I'm going to see quicker results. It's because they're not willing to make some of the sacrifices in their nutrition and other factors factors of life that they probably need to be first yeah definitely like you said that they're not willing to make that change in their nutrition but now they're willing to go spend an extra 30 minutes a day exercising when you can just take you know what i mean a 30 second change in your lifestyle versus a 30 minute addition it it just seems it seems a little bit silly to me I was actually talking to a coach the other day, and this is on topic, so I'll mention it. Um, and he was he was saying something interesting to his clients. And he was saying, if you're consistently exercising five days a week, not seeing the progress that you want to see, and struggling to make changes in the kitchen, whether it's because you're busy or you don't have enough time to do your meal prep or whatever it might be, you need to sacrifice one of those workouts and use that hour towards your meal prep if if that's what you need to do and I was like that's a really great way to look at it because a lot of people don't struggle to get in five workouts in a week some do and that's that's different but if you if you're consistently getting in five days a week exercise and you can't put aside one hour for meal prep that's that's an easy sacrifice to make an easy change to make definitely yeah no I love that Mm. we can I also want to take this on another route, just on a side note, rest between sets. I know Mm. we talked about rest between workouts during the week, but I also want to address rest between sets um, and the importance of that as well. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's awesome too. So um, for general, say like the person listening to this is they just want to become healthier. They might, they probably want to shed a couple pounds Um, on most movements in a strength workout what what rest range are you going to give somebody like if they're lifting heavy at lower reps they're going to they're going to see long rest periods you know they may see two three minute rests um and some of them are messaging me like what the heck am i doing like i want to get my i thought i had to get my heart rate up and and sweat and pretty much run myself into the ground to yeah. see results but that's not the mentality we want them to have And so they're going to see those long rest periods because they need to be fully recovered before entering that next, next set, right? They need to be able to utilize muscles to do what they need to do. Um, so rest is so important when it comes to, especially strength, um, strength goals in particular. Yeah. And, and I think like, if you look at some professional lifters, like power lifters and Olympic lifters, you'll see them taking maybe five minute rest in between sets. For sure. Um, and, and I can, I can definitely, understand from from a beginner standpoint how sitting there for two or three minutes feels like a long time um but but the goal of that rest period is to allow your body get as close to fully recovered as possible before you're going into the next set especially in a strength training routine right Right. like if we're talking about something that is designed to get your heart rate up whether it's a circuit or, or some sort of cardiovascular workout then sure the shorter rest periods make sense but in your strength routine the 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 purpose of that strength that strength program or whatever it is you're following i mean we want to get stronger we want to become more powerful we want to whatever it is that you're specifically working on as you shorten those rest periods it's just turning into a cardio workout Mm -hmm. and and your fatigue so you're not lifting quality reps 
So you're probably not getting anywhere in terms of in terms of that. I want to circle back to something you mentioned before before we move forward. Uh, and it was it was actually this would have been a great topic for our common misconceptions um, podcast. But a lot of people believe that sweating more mm-hmm. is equals a better workout. That's probably one of the biggest ones that we see out there, especially with you know all the watches that people wear and the strap that tells you how many calories you burn. It's like a competition. It's, it's like people are being literally run to the ground, pushed as hard as they possibly can to dictate what's a good workout. So does sweating (laughs) equal a better workout? No, it does not. And does, does sweating more equal more fat loss? It does not. No, no, it doesn't. Um, Sweating feels good. Yeah, it does feel good. And I think, (laughs) I think everybody needs to sweat sometimes. Like sometimes you just got to get in there and grind and sweat and that's, that's cool, but it doesn't like, you see those, this, that stupid meme, it drives me insane where it's like, um, sweat is your fat crying or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) but like, that's, that's part of the problem. That's part of the reason people believe they need to sweat to get that good workout. And that's one of the things that I run into very early on in a lot of people's programs. So like I needed to shorten the rest periods and increase the repetitions because I wasn't sweating and I wasn't out of breath. And I, I want to make sure that I'm losing the fat. Um, but, but it's not at all the case. I mean, I think we need to really differentiate the two. If you're working on strength and resistance training, make it a strength and resistance training workout. If you're working on getting your heart rate up, then go out there and get your heart rate up. But as we try to mash these two together, it's just giving you like half, half as good of everything rather than really focusing on one at a time and getting the best possible results out of it. I completely agree. And I think that's um, when people think fat loss, they think caloric, obviously calorie burn, but they don't realize that during your strength training, right? Even though your heart rate's not pumping, maybe as high, it, it, mine goes really high, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but even though let's say you feel like you're not working as hard, you're building muscle, which in turn burns more calories. So right, if, if you're looking at it from a fat loss standpoint, um, going through that maybe slower, less intense, for some people, strength training workout is going to provide way more results in the end anyways. Yeah, there's, there's a couple things you mentioned there that I actually want to touch on. So the, the first one is um, that breaking too long, and I, I'm kind of mashing up how you, how you mentioned this, but um, you, you mentioned your heart rate does get high on, on some of your strength training. Oh, and, yeah. that, and I think as you become a more experienced lifter, as you become a little bit stronger, that, that becomes more common. Um, and what I would, what I would say to most people is when you, when that rest period feels too long, you're probably not challenging yourself enough. So whether it's, it might not always be that you're not lifting heavy enough, but maybe you're not making that mind to muscle connection. Maybe you're going through the motion too quickly. You're not controlling the motion. You're letting the weight control you. So if you, the way that I like, like to look at it is if we slow down whenever gravity is working. So we're going to use a squat for an example. So on the way down in the squat, we're slowing down the motion. We're fighting gravity on the way down. And then on the way up, we're trying to be explosive. And it doesn't mean that you're going to move fast because as that weight gets heavy, you might not be able to move fast, but 
you're treating it as if it would be fast if it was lightweight, right? Like you're trying to be explosive on the way up. When you treat every repetition that way, as you get heavier and you start challenging yourself, you're going to be out of breath. You're going to need that rest period now. And you're going to start to realize the big, big difference of using those full rests. I love that. No, I'm glad you made that point. And I completely forgot what the second point was that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, but, but we, we mentioned quickly at the beginning about what the rest periods are. So, I mean, for our main lifts, you might need two, three, four, five minutes rest in between. Um, but then as we get down to say an like accessory, yeah. an accessory lift, say like a bicep curl, for instance, what, what's your thoughts on that? And depending on the rep range, you might only be seeing like 60 seconds, 90 seconds, 40, I'd say between 45 and 90 is like a, a common one you'll see between sets. Yeah. Just, just a little bit less muscle activation. I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not taxing you as much. It's, it's a squat might be hitting multiple 10 times the amount of muscle yeah. activity that a bicep curl is. And I just threw that number out there, obviously, but, um, but we can recover a lot quicker from something that's just, just as small as a bicep curl. Yeah, and that's only that's, targeting like one, two, three, like less muscle groups. So it'll, it'll recover faster. And that's the reason you'll see in most programs, the big lifts at the beginning and then the taper down to those smaller mm -hmm. accessory lifts at the end. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about how sweat, a lot of people believe sweating creates a better workout or sweating more creates more of a caloric burn. And often in the short term, it does. I mean, if you're, if you're going to hop on a treadmill and run for an hour, you're, you're yeah. probably going to burn more than if you just lifted weights for an hour, right? Right. Because your heart rate's higher. Heart rate's higher. You're, you're... For a sustained period of time. Yeah. And so one thing that I'd like to challenge you if you're listening to this is how quickly after that workout do you feel almost completely normal again? Whether it's a high intensity circuit or like a Tabata style workout or run on the treadmill, whatever it might be, how quickly after that do you almost feel normal again? Now compare that to strength training and uh, say a heavy squat workout, because we're talking about squats. How soon after that do you feel almost normal again? Right? You, you, might, you might have your breath back right away, but I mean, I think a lot of listeners can probably relate to a, a heavy leg workout, making it hard to sit down on the toilet or walk up the stairs for like <laughs> two or three days afterwards, right? Right, right. So, so what's happening there? When you're strength training, right? The studies show that you're actually, because you're, you're trying to recover, you've broken down muscle essentially, right? Studies show that it's called excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, EPOC for short. And you're actually burning more calories once the workout's over for a longer period of time versus like a steady state cardio. Mm which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And then another great benefit of strength training. <laughs> yeah. And then factor that in, like you said, as we gain muscle, we burn more calories naturally. Day, yeah. Throughout the day. So all in all, yeah, you're probably, you're probably going to get more out of the strength training. And I'm not, I'm not here to tell you not to do the cardio, but don't neglect the resistance training because you think the cardio is helping you burn fat faster because it's simply not the case. I think, I think we should all find a balance because you'll definitely find people on 
both extreme ends right. of that spectrum. I think we should all have that balance in the middle. And obviously the cardiovascular training is, is really good for our hearts and, and, and other areas of our life. Yep. Like we shouldn't be out of breath walking up a staircase either. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely hit on both, but don't think that the more and more and more and more cardio is going to help you burn that fat faster. Right. And circling back to the beginning, like in summary, don't think that more and more workouts and more and more exercise is going to give you more results as well. Right. That's the whole idea is, is taking rest and Mm -hmm. allowing that recovery so we can attack whatever workout we do choose to do the next time. Uninjured, uninjured as well. Uninjured for sure. For sure. Because I mean, training more to the point of an injury is only going to set you back even further or training more to the point where you're so physically exhausted that you're not, you're not recovering properly. You're not sleeping well, you end up getting sick. Like all of this is just going to set you further back from your goal in the long run. Um, I think this is a topic for a whole nother episode, but really you need to be looking at the other 23 hours, right? Like if you're training for one hour a day, and, and that's the end all and be all. And you're trying to increase that so that you're doing that five, six, seven days a week. We really need to focus on what's happening in those other 23 hours. That's making you feel that way. That's making you not progress. And I think that, I think that's actually a really great topic for another episode, the other 23 hours. So we don't, we don't need to dig too deeply into that. Um, did this kind of go the way you're, you were hoping? Yeah. Or is, is there anything that we didn't cover that you were hoping to cover? No, we actually covered way more. So I'm very pleased. Cool. Yeah. I, I think that was great. Um, I, uh, I'll leave them with a, a kitchen nutrition tip tonight. If, uh, yep. if you don't have anything. Perfect. So Let's hear it. The, the one that I want to leave you with is, is kind of threefold. So I know a lot of people love pancakes. I love pancakes. Um, (laughs) If you haven't picked up Kodiak pancakes, in my opinion, they're like the best protein pancakes. There are others that have higher protein counts for sure. But I mean, flavor, bang for buck, um, Kodiak's the best in my opinion. So that's just Kodiak. They they make a bunch of different um, flavors and whatever, but I just like like the buttermilk pancake. Um, But what I'll do with it instead of butter, I'll put plain Greek yogurt on. And that's like, that acts as the butter. And then instead of like a really high calorie syrup, there's, there's tons of different low calorie syrup options. But the, the one that I found the best is the ED Smith syrup. One of my favorites too. It's, it's like 10 calories per tablespoon. It, It just kind of tastes like watered down table syrup to me. Um, because I find a lot of the like zero calorie or really low calorie ones don't taste great at all. But, um, that's, that's kind of my, my deadly combination. You get the Kodiak pancake with some Greek yogurt on top. And then that Edie Smith syrup, you've got a really low calorie pancake option now, and it's got a great protein count in it also, especially because you're adding that Greek yogurt to it. Yep. That's awesome. Um, side note, I use Kodiak cakes for everything. Like I make pie crust, pizza crust, muffins. Um, I've done just about everything with the buttermilk pancake, mm-hmm. Kodiak cake. So it's, it's trial and error, but it's the best. We've, we've made muffins too. It is, yeah. it is actually so good. Um, and you can play around with using egg, not using egg, using yeah. milk, yeah. not using milk, almond milk. Like I know some people have added um, peanut butter to it, powdered peanut butter to it. Like it, it's really, really versatile. Some of the other flavors are good too. Um, but 
I, I just stick with the plain one for the most part. Awesome. Cool. Love it. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, leave them for us or reach out to us directly. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you uh, rate this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. Share it with a friend if you think uh, anybody could benefit from hearing it. And we'll see you next time on the Breaking 90 podcast.